want to take a minute here to do a little bit of a, a segment kind of on a very special Socratic cinema announcement. Who knows? I might cut this out and put it at the beginning so people hear it. But uh, please, if I'm if I wind up putting this part at the end, listen here. If you like Socratic cinema uh, and like what we've been doing, we are coming up very soon on our one year anniversary of doing the podcast. So, you know, go go us. Congratulations, guys. Um, Let's go. But yeah, by the time this episode comes out, we will be very close uh, to our one-year anniversary, and we want to do uh, a special episode just kind of looking back on everything we've done over the past year, um, and we thought it might be fun to do some, uh, some Q&A. So if any of you guys have any questions that you would like to see answered by us uh, at all, they could be about movies or just about anything, um, please either drop a comment or shoot us an email or we'll probably put a, a questions thing on our Instagram the day this comes out so you guys can go check that out uh, as soon as you're done listening and and shoot us a question that you want to see answered. It can be to the entire group or it can be to one of us specifically, um, but we'd love to see what questions you guys have about the show, how we make it, any, any anything that you can think of, we'll, we'll answer it. Um, also, let us know what your favorite Socratic cinema moment has been. Your favorite episode or just a, a a point made that you really liked. Just what what was your favorite moment from from the show, from any of our content in the past year? Uh, share that with us. We'd love to see it. We'll share some of our favorite moments and a lot of other fun stuff uh, next time in our one-year anniversary special. So um, with that out of the way... Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Socratic Cinema. My name is Charlie Heatherly. My name is James Delisio. I'm Casey Clark. Holly Phillips. And this episode, we have something that is very near and dear to my heart. It's Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's back. We're back. This was perhaps the best ending I could have hoped for, for one of my favorite childhood shows. Uh, I used to watch this every every single time it came on. I I would watch the rerun the, the reruns. I had all the toys. I make them do the little fights. I had a giant ATST. I loved it, and I think that this final season, specifically the last four episodes, which is what we're going to talk about today. So no Bad Batch and uh, no Sisters because those are are sort of boring side arcs that we don't care about. We care about Order sixty six, Maul, and Ahsoka, and Rex, of course. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, and let's just go around. Let's just get our thoughts on it. Hallie, what did you think of these final four episodes about Order 66? Thank you, Charlie. My thoughts on the Order 66 arc. I really enjoyed it. Um, what I enjoyed seeing throughout the season separately was development on Rex and development on Soka and finally seeing them come together and see their relationship and have the impact of Order 66 really hit hard. Uh, I feel like I almost cried for almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I really loved the new fresh perspective that was given at the end of this Clone Wars season. I know it's being deemed as like one of the best out of the Clone Wars, uh, episodes and arcs. And I really thought it really encapsulated what Star Wars was like the ending. Oh my gosh. It really hit deep. And it, I think it did an excellent job of weaving in, uh, kind of the story of the prequels and the relationships and everything that Clone Wars was. Uh, really well so i really enjoyed it and i have i have a lot of thoughts on it so i'm excited 
What a lovely analysis. Uh, Casey, what did you think? As a newcomer, especially to the series, or at least you took a big break, right? Yes, I was very into it when it was originally on. I believe it was Disney XD or something. And I believe I got up to um, around 2015 before they took a the break slash hiatus. Um, and then I just never really got back into it. I didn't really watch Rebels. And I had kind of not like aged out of it, but I was looking into like other things. But I really, really enjoyed it. I am, um, as you can tell from the other Star Wars reviews that we've done, I love Star Wars. And this show is partially to blame for that. Um, just, it's great. And I love the the last episodes. I, I forgot how seamlessly they um, integrate everything within the timeline. Um, I did notice some plot holes, so we can go into that later. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Amazing. And James, what did you think about this as a returning fan? I really liked them. I had a really good time with these episodes. I'm kind of with Charlie a little bit on the first few arcs of the season. I wasn't really super into it. I kind of had to like make myself sit down and watch the Bad Batch and the Martez sister arcs just because I wasn't... Wasn't feeling it, you know. I I also took a, a bit of a long vacation from Clone Wars, but I I came back for season seven, and I was like, eh. But um, the the Siege of Mandalore arc just absolutely blew blew it out of the water. It was it was incredible. Um, I was on the edge of my seat every episode. I was so excited. I watched them all more than once, except for the last one. I couldn't bring myself to go through that a second time. Um. But yeah, man, these episodes were um, incredible. The the production value just went through the roof. They really knocked it out of the park. Um, looks like a movie. I really hope they cut these last four episodes in, into like a feature film because I think that'd be great. Um, oh, for but, sure. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, that'd be incredible if if we got a feature film thing. I know that uh, there are talks currently, or not talks, sorry, but there's a huge bit of uh, fan push for a animated revenge of the sith movie which i think would be phenomenal but but briefly moving back or i guess moving back in 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 our entirety to clone wars i would just like to say for the first two arcs i don't think they were boring i enjoyed my time watching both of the arcs but i think those two arcs bore little connection to the rest of the season and the theme of the season and the final arc is just so much better than both of them and almost like everything that we've seen within the show Although there are there are of course standout arcs from uh, prior seasons that I still love and adore, but these final four episodes are just you can tell it's a whole other level. Like you can tell that they put extra production value into each episode, even from the very beginning. Like you you throw out the the motto they have at the beginning or the lesson that you're meant to learn from the episode, and they trade it in for like a a, a dark and gloomy, sort of scary green, you know, Luke's film right at the very beginning, and you're immediately brought into the episode through that, but I think this is probably the most sobering look that we've ever gotten at the Star Wars universe, especially after watching what the prequels were. This takes that time era that I think they bungled really, really badly in the prequel movies, and it just, it presents the events and actions that we all love from those movies in the light they were meant to be shown in. Very well said. 
Um, I do want to say, man, I got a bone to pick to whoever, like, the graphic designer over at um, Lucasfilms is. Because, like, they have this super, yeah, the super sobering intro to each episode with, like, the deep red Clone Wars logo. And then mm-hmm. they give us the most plain-looking sans-serif aerial font title saying what the <laughs> no. name of the episode is. I was like, what? Beautiful. You couldn't, I just, like, you couldn't, like, open defont.com and, and like, download a new have you ever been on defont.com? Do you know how hard it is to find a good font there? All of it's crappy handwriting. All of it. <laughs> no, but you like I was just a, it, it kind of made me chuckle a little bit every time I saw it. I was like, "Man, you pulled out all the stops on everything else, but not not the not the, font. not not the, the fonts, font. I guess. I don't no, know. No, they really did though. They they pulled out the I mean, they had motion capture for the uh, Ahsoka Mall fight, which was phenomenal. You could clearly see that they were treating this like a movie instead of a TV show with all of the cinematography they had going on. Yeah. Like But that intro, I I love that intro. I don't care if the if the title was sans serif and boring. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just that's just a little, a little nitpick. I it was, was sobering, funny. as I said, sobering. sobering. Yeah, sobering. But what? So going into this arc, uh, first episode, what were your guys' general feelings from the prior eight going into the final one? Like, were you nervous that this final arc was gonna suck? And and when you saw the first episode, you were like, oh my god, or or did you always know that? it was going to be good and you were just waiting for it to happen. I think I was, I, I think I knew I was like, all right, this is, this is where the fun begins. You know, I was like, here's where, here's where it's going to get good. And I was actually like excited for these ones. Um, so I had a good feeling about this arc. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think from the very first, uh, very first scene of the ninth episode where we get to see Obi-Wan just pinned down, and that whole battle, and then Anakin literally just strolls up, strolls up back to the bullets, just you know, briefly moving his head out of the way to dodge some of them. And he's like, "What, Obi Wan?" And then the and and then his battalion comes up and destroys everyone. Like that was peak Clone Wars for me. That just felt so, so much like my childhood, and so much like I remembered. But yeah. Hallie, what did you think? Because I know that that this was, uh, or that this series is near and dear to your heart too. I mean, going into this arc, I actually had a kind of foothold because I read the Ahsoka book. In the very beginning, it has its canon. It has kind of the ending to the Mandalore siege. So I was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. I kind of know where this is going. So when I saw everything kind of fall into place, I was like, okay, okay. But it actually ended very different than what I expected. And they managed to keep the integrity of what was presented in the book. But they did it in, a, I think, a better way. Because when I was going into it, I was like, oh... Like, in the book, they originally had it where it was, like, Ahsoka was, like, holding on to Rex from falling off of, like, a ledge. And then, like, she could have, like, gotten Maul with, like, her other hand. But she had to, like, let go and, like, choose whether to get Maul or to save Rex. And they kind of did it the same way. They kind of held that integrity by having it be like, oh, she had to let go of the Force spaceship to let go of Maul to save her and Rex. Um, I think it was way more epic in the Mandalore Siege, but... You know, you kind of have the same thing, but I kind of, I kind of knew she was going to have to choose between Maul and Rex, so I was just seeing the pieces fall together was still equally exciting. Interesting. And how about that scene where uh, Ahsoka actually decides to go with Maul? Like she's all down with the Maul plan, and then he says something about Anakin, and then she's off of it. Did that happen in the books, or and and did you know that was coming? Oh, I didn't. It, from the books, it was just the ending of the siege. It was just like mm. her chasing down. Maul, you know, that very descriptive writing and uh, the ending of it. 
um yeah i didn't expect that at all that wasn't in the book so they kind of had freedom with that yeah because i heard some people being very concerned that they were going to follow the plot of the book which i have not read by the way so i cannot talk about uh how accurate it was but i i heard people concerned that they were going to follow the book because apparently there's like some major lore inaccuracies in that or something so so they were going to be really mad that that was all gonna you know crumble and, and destroy star wars forever but it ended up being really really great casey you probably don't remember any of the great clone wars arcs from the prior seasons right yeah n- no <laughs> <laughs> okay i so, watched recap videos so i have like a go. basic you know in the f- forefront at the moment yeah like knowledge of everything yeah <laughs> so so coming into this arc which a lot of people including myself consider the best of the series do you think that that it really lived up to that do you think that if this is the best of the series you would go back and watch the prior episodes like from an outsider's point of view does this wrap up the quality of clone wars in a in a proper way oh definitely it definitely like put some lightning back in my um like previous good already good feelings about clone wars and this the last arc was i don't know you're, i'm probably gonna say this a lot but it was absolutely like amazing to me like it's very hard for me to watch something and just be like hanging on like every single thing that they're doing and like watching all the little movements and i was very like entrenched with Ahsoka and entrenched with Rex and how they were like using just the clones in general to like humanize like this whole massive slaughter of which is Order 66 but from a completely different perspective that we get in the movies um, and I was just really really interested in that so going on how brilliant this last arc is and how well they like flushed out all of the characters in a way that makes sense within the canon that we've all like watched and we've grown to know and love. Like I would definitely go back and watch all of those seven seasons. I already have like three times, so you know. <laughs> no, they're 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 great. But do you know what really hit me the hardest out of all these episodes? I don't think I remember uh really many of the heroes in this show crying all too much like i'm not sure i I remember anakin crying or i mean i don't even think obi-wan cried at the death of satine i think he was just like i'm a jedi i can't feel emotions but when i saw rex cry in the final episode i nearly wept openly and and wailed and moaned because that like he was like a child like they Ahsoka took off his helmet, you see a tear roll down his face, and he turns away like he's embarrassed. And yeah, for that sure. type that visual storytelling where there's no spoken words, like yeah. that is so much emotion packed into one little scene. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Do, do you agree? I was a little not gonna lie, a little bit scared that they were gonna kiss. That was just there was it was a <laughs> little bit too What? It was You're like crazy. It was like a little bit okay. Look, no, I saw her go over and like gently lay her hand on his helmet, and then like they stared at each other for just a little bit too long. I was so scared for that. We're disgusting. (laughs) I was really scared. I was really scared. James, she's not legal. She's like less than eighteen or something. I think she. Yeah, you're right. She's like well, Rex is like ten technically. So 
No, don't do that. I'm not in support of this. Don't get <laughs> every me wrong. Time, every time we talk about Star Wars, you talk about something weird. Have Rita. you guys see? Have you guys been seeing all of that Ahsoka Anakin shipping? It's the grossest thing ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the the thing that's interesting to me is I think Star Wars actually is a problem writing for female characters now. I don't I don't yeah. get what it is, mm -hmm. but I mean, look at the Martez sisters. Like, I think those are two characters that you can do a whole lot with, and then they give them the crappiest plot. Like, I <laughs> I think that's what saved that arc for me is I really like the relationship that Ahsoka and the Martez sisters shared, but they just didn't present it well. Like, they didn't give them a good plot to work around, and and. You know, there's obviously been these people saying that Ray didn't have that either, and and it's just weird. Like ah Ahsoka's been great because they've had so much time to deal with her, but I can't really think of a an, another fantastic female protagonist in Star Wars except for like Leia. Pro they're just an adjectiveless protagonist, right? Luke, at least to me, as far as I can remember, Luke, Anakin, and Ray, none of them really had any like super big spice to them. They're all just kind of like. We're the good guys, and I can think of several adjectives to describe Anakin: mostly whiny, annoying, plain, creepy, pervy. Sorry, here's the adjective for all of them: plain. There, plain. Um, well, okay. Listen, I will defend Luke because I think that his arc, including Last Jedi, yes, that movie's canon. I don't want to hear any of that. Last Jedi is not canon stuff. Last Jedi saved Luke's arc, I think, and it, it did something really interesting with his character. But you're right. They could only do that after he was a supporting character, which is like, weird. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, from what I remember of the original trilogy, I don't ever really remember any, like, defining factors that made me love Luke. Like, Han no. Solo, yeah, he's, like, a rascal and all that, but Luke's just, like, nice boy. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got enough of those. I but, mean, uh, it just, the Skywalker family is just sort of, like, uh, they all sort of act like children. Like, uh, they're all whiny to an extent. Now. Clone Wars does not have this problem at all. Like Clone Wars Anakin and Clone Wars Obi-Wan and Ahsoka Hot. and Rex, they're all great and interesting. Ahsoka's such an interesting character because of like the whole like she's left the Jedi Order, but she's low-key like a better Jedi than any of the actual Jedi are. Like that yep. sort of dynamic is great. And I'm so happy that Ahsoka is sort of becoming it looks like she's gonna wind up being like the face of Clone Wars going forward, man. I swear she's had an appear she's gonna be appearing in like everything. Oh, totally. Well, fans love her, but the most interesting about the most interesting thing about Ahsoka is she had a redemption arc outside of Clone Wars. She her first appearance was in the 2003, 2005 movie. I don't know when that movie came out. Yeah, maybe maybe much later than that. Don't quote me on the date, but two thousand eight. I one maybe two thousand eight. I I don't know. I think I watched it in theaters. I know I've watched it, but there was an animated Clone Wars movie before the show came out, and Ahsoka in that movie was horrible. She yeah. was super. She had the same problem, and I'm not sure exactly what clicked for them to make her an interesting character. But somewhere along the line, they started to explore her in more depth and give her actual you know, personality traits. I think it came somewhere around season three. When yeah, because uh, season yeah. one is, it sh shall not be named. Uh, it's like Voldemort, you just don't talk about it. Yeah, but man, how many, like, canon appearances has it? She, she was in Clone Wars. She Rebels. Was, uh, Rebels. She had a book, right, that Hallie read. Uh, she, was she one of the Force Ghost voices in episode nine? Yeah. yeah she mm -hmm. was in episode nine. 
she's going to be in Mandalorian. I've also heard that she's getting her own Disney Plus show separate from that. Like she's just everywhere, and I, really? I'm here. I'm here for it. I love it. Same. I'm, I'm here for it too. Would you guys prefer a Kenobi series or an Ahsoka series? Now this wow. is real talk. but we're getting both Ooh. though. Kenobi. I'd, I'd say Kenobi if I had to choose, just because we've have so much other Ahsoka content. But uh, Casey went I, straight to Ahsoka. Why'd you go yeah, straight to said, Ahsoka? Well, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I love Kenobi, but I feel like you'd have to specify at what time. Oh, like uh, which Kenobi? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, like pre episode four, right? Oh, isn't, okay. yeah. isn't that what the yeah. rumor is? Yeah, yeah. So it's him on Tatooine. Is is the gist of it? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, but Ewan I McGregor. Just... But Ewan true, McGregor. true. I do love Ewan McGregor. Is it, wait, it isn't just... he, like, super problematic, though, as a person, I think? No, I, don't, don't even besmirch his name. <laughs> he, like, no, cheated on his wife or something. Right after I decide to stand someone. It's like, by the way, they're, like, a pedophile or something. <laughs> just or like... he, like, I forgot what it was, but he, like, like, he and his wife were having problems, and so he, like, had an affair with a coworker before they were officially divorced, and just a whole mess. She's Charlie oh, from Marriage team. Story. <laughs> 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 Anyways. <laughs> What an arc. <laughs> what an arc. Okay. Does anyone here remember uh, Umbara? The Umbara Yes, arc. sir. Yeah, of course. Of course yeah, you can, Casey, you right? <laughs> Silence. Okay. <laughs> to fill you in very briefly, Umbara is an arc where the clone troopers led by Captain Rex have to take over this planet named Umbara. The specifics don't matter, but they're led by this Jedi general named Krell. And Krell is, like, the worst, and he secretly hates the, the Republic. And then the troopers end up having to act on their own and go past uh, the orders that they've been told and arrest Krell. Uh, oh, whole, okay. A huge fight ensues, uh, ensues. Things happen. Two interesting things about that arc that tie into this. Number one, Jesse. That's his main arc before this all, is, is Umbara. He, he was the main clone trooper in that besides Rex. So that's one tie-in. And the number two, Umbara, is when we get to see Rex sort of start to falter with that we always got to follow orders thing, right? Yeah. Now we see that at the very end, right, where he's like crying as he's trying to, to kill Ahsoka, right? But, but then Order 66, Jim, his brain like shuts all that emotion off, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but that same spirit sort of started to really take physical shape right then and there. So... Mm. So what are we thinking about the, the continuity of this all? Do you think do, do you think they should have maybe touched a little bit later on? So like let's say in Bad Batch, maybe they should have touched a little bit on Rex sort of starting to, to be like, maybe we should follow orders, maybe we shouldn't. Or do you think that that whole Umbar arc explored that fully and and they should have just left Bad Batch the way it was? I think they definitely should have added more connections to the Siege of Mandalore arc throughout the season, make it a little mm. bit more of an overarching story. But, uh, yeah, Bad Batch probably would have been... I'm interested to see what happened to the Bad Batch during Order 66. Like, oh. what? Did they, did they... Were they able to... I hear some people say that, like, they're mutated enough that they could have resisted it. I don't know. That's crazy. I mean, Echo probably doesn't have it. His brain's, like... Yeah, he's been, like, turned inside out and back outside in again you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i don't know about those theories i sort of want to see a spinoff where it's just one episode of the bad batch just murdering all the jedi i just think that'd be really fun 
like a Star Wars. We should have a Star Wars What If series like Marvel's doing. Ooh. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be lovely. Ooh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. And I, I, I think I was having a conversation with Hallie about this earlier. But Hallie, what do you think about them not showing, uh, the Jedi dying again in Order sixty six? Like they show Ayla Secura on on Felucia. They show Plocoon on in his spaceship or whatever. Something Nemoidia. I forget the planet name. I have no clue. But do you think they should have showed the deaths again? I think, it, I think it played better than the fact that they didn't. I think they did it on purpose, you know. They showed us them mm -hmm. alive right before their deaths. Like, we knew they were about to die. And I think that would, that hurt more than seeing them die again. Like, seeing them, you know, just go off on their missions and end their calls. Like, their last moments before Order 66. Yeah, so I think it was purposeful. I think it was it was nice. It hurt a lot, but it was nice. <laughs> yeah, this is like where I start to falter a little bit because like I fully agree with Hallie that it was nice to just see this completely separate take, you know, because like we already knew it was, you know, our brains filled in the rest. We knew we know what happens. But at the same time, I am totally with the camp of people who want to see Revenge of the Sith animated because like yes. every single from the very beginning of episode nine, when we see those little snippets of like Revenge of the Sith scenery in Clone Wars style, especially that redesigned General Grievous, like I just want so bad to see some of the key scenes done in the Clone Wars style. Like whenever they'd mention some Revenge of the Sith events happening during the arc, like, oh, I'm going to go fight General Grievous on Utapau. I was like, oh, maybe you show us that? please like that's the only i wish that's the only reason i wish they did those little um intro montages for the other episodes too just to oh. give us a little bit more revenge of the sith content is all i all i could ask for but so funny story about that james oh. there is actually an unfinished utapau arc with obi-wan i know so uh th th so another funny story there's tons of unfinished arcs for the clone wars like they yeah. had stuff that they didn't they weren't able to fit into this latest season. I don't know why they chose the specific arcs that they did, but they still have plenty of, of like, oh, we have everything mostly made, you know, but we didn't polish it or whatever. The thing is, the Clone Wars animators, I think it was the day after the finale aired, said, listen, we love doing this show. If you guys, if there's enough support for us to, to finish all those arcs, we have a problem coming back. I saw that. I'm very interested for maybe it'll be another like anthology season like episode six was straight to Netflix, you know? Just never end Clone Wars. Just, Just never don't. end it. I'll stay in the prequel time period as long as you want. Like it's I hear the best one. I hear people saying like after Clone Wars, it's time for Disney to move on from the prequels. It's like, no no no. Give me more. <laughs> this is the coolest one. I'd rather see clones and like super awesome clones and droids fighting each other than like just dudes in the resistance fighting you know Rose. you're right like i don't want to see just people fight this is star wars like give me some cool stuff and that's, yeah, that's the, the prequels thing to me. well like the prequels are the perfect balance between cool star wars aliens and like all that cheesy fun stuff the and and the like more sober serious reality i'm using that word a lot i love it sober the more serious reality of of uh the later you know oh it's just humans fighting right there's a good mix of that i don't especially I don't want them to go back to to Old Republic. I I don't really. It feels too too sci-fi to me. It, it feels too not Star Wars. I yeah. I never got into Old Republic, so I I don't know. I I just want to see them or High Republic or whatever they're calling it now. You know. Yeah. Sorry if I said the wrong name. Someone's gonna get angry in the comments. People always <laughs> like 
the Star Wars ones, the Star Wars episodes just bring out the best comments, I swear. Every time, the, like, someone naming some obscure will say something, and then they'll be like, actually, if you knew anything about anything stupid, you'd know that blah, 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 blah. I love it. Listen, if anyone no, wants yeah. to, to talk nerdy Star Wars stuff, just just follow us on Instagram, at Socratic underscore cinema, and, and send us a message, and I will talk to you about nerdy Star Wars stuff. Shoot us an time. email, too. I realize our email, email is criminally underused. I think we, it's just SocraticCinema at gmail.com. Yeah, no, we love to talk to you guys. Like, that's one of our favorite things. And every time we see a, a nice comment or someone, we've had people make something for us. And, and those things, like those are the best and we love seeing them. So please, if you have any comments or thoughts and want to talk to us, then let us know. Cause we'd like to talk to you. We should have uh, people call in. Oh Ooh, that'd, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be Maybe that else. would be something fun for a special episode coming up. Hmm? Hmm. More on that later. More on that later. Stay tuned to the very end to hear James talk about the very special episode we have coming up. Very but special. Back, back to Clone Wars. I have a cool little easter egg that was in the final episode uh james knows it and you, okay. you guys might too do you remember when darth vader is picking up ahsoka's lightsaber and he you know he's clearly thinking oh ahsoka got absolutely shrecked right yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. demolished how could i forget how, how could i forget exactly but right after that you see a bird flying overhead and you're like what the hell is that bird flying overhead why would they show that <laughs> she seems a little weird i i don't know it has a point, I promise you. In both earlier in Clone Wars, in the in the James had the name of the arc. What's the name the, of the arc? The Mortis arc. In the Mortis arc, the light side uh, pretty lady girl with the green hair, that one, the embodiment of the light side of the force, her animal or the thing she could turn into, I forgot the specifics, was a bird. And uh, I actually think it was her pet bird named Mirai. And this pet bird once the light side of the force girl thing died, started to follow Ahsoka around. So, oh. when we see the bird flying overhead, a lot of people are, are saying, well, number one, that's Mirai. Yeah. And number two, this means that Vader knows that Ahsoka's alive. Or, but is that, is this like some dramatic irony? Like, does, does Anakin, is he in on the whole bird thing? Well, I, I actually don't know that specifically. And I think that's the interesting bit is like there's also uh, another connection into Rebels when Vader senses Ahsoka for the first time and vice versa. Vader says the apprentice lives. So maybe he had that thought in his head that, you know, maybe Ahsoka's alive, but also maybe the bird is symbolizing like a vulture or, or something, you know, going over its latest kill. Like that bird was staying by the grave of Ahsoka, quote unquote. Dang, that's so, metal. I think that whole, the fact that the bird is the light side of the force and everything, that just lends, like, evidence to the idea that Ahsoka really is just, like, the best Jedi. Like, she's she's the best, like, she's more of a proper light side user than, than any of the Jedi actually are, right? Because they're all, that's kind of the point, I guess, of the prequels and everything, right? Is that, like, the Jedi got too arrogant and they kind of uh, overstepped their bounds a little bit. And that's, like, why the force was out of balance, right? Um, actually, uh, <laughs> is, that gonna, not, is that numb? Actually, I thought that was like the point. No, no, no. no you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're right. But Ahsoka is a gray Jedi at one point, uh, specifically not, in Rebels. Not technically, though. She's I mean, not. She she's says, "I'm no Jedi." 
well, a gray Jedi isn't a Jedi. There's a difference. Tell it's me like, how you're going to say that, though. It's like how Pluto's a dwarf yeah, planet, like, but it's not a planet. They're two different things. The name just happens to be A mushroom to be burger is not a burger. Exactly. I... See, now you're getting it. But, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I would like to say that the most Jedi Jedi is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because by far, he is the one who steals his emotions, keeps keeps everything inside in check, and never lets his passion overcome. Sorry. Uh, what? Go ahead. Huh? Maybe, maybe I, I, I don't... <sighs> Maybe Ahsoka's not the best Jedi, but she's like the best the light best side character. user. The light, like she's the best at actually doing the light side, right? Because maybe just Obi Wan's the best Jedi, but like is is a Jedi the best thing to be? I don't know. Ooh, oh, Ahsoka be doing pretty takes. well with like the yeah hot take. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that that Jedi is far left on on the light side spectrum, political spectrum. The Sith are far right, and then Gray Jedi are moderates right in the middle and everyone knows it's a lot more fun to hang out with a moderate than it is with radicals <laughs> let's not fix <laughs> on the show <laughs> anyways <laughs> the most political period of star wars though like the, the oh people, yeah they're they're all like the plot of phantom menace has to deal with tariffs and and a, a trade federation okay i watched phantom menace yesterday i'm fresh on this and i paid attention i was i was impressed with myself i see Phantom Menace is only partially about tariffs, and there is one part of the movie where they just do politics for 20 minutes, and it's insanely yeah. boring. Yeah. But the movie is really fun, and I, I, I don't think they focus on tariffs to the excessive amount that people think, but also the movie's really dumb. I'm so. glad that you had fun with it, because I did too. Like, I, I rewatched it also recently, and I think I talked about this on the show, but like, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to. Like, I enjoyed watching it, you know? Jar Jar isn't horrible. Yeah, honestly, like not he didn't horrible. bother. Young Anakin also just did not bother me like at all. I he didn't annoy no. me. The only thing that bothered me was the plot. Yeah, the, that's it, really. Like it just could have been more interesting. Well, the, the final like third of that movie is just all luck. Like Jar Jar is swinging <laughs> around with his tongue on like bombs, and he manages to kill like ninety-seven droids and like three tanks all by accident. A Anakin is autopiloted into the middle of a Confederate spaceship accidentally blows up the core and then somehow manages to get out and then darth like, maul is cut in half while standing there staring at obi-wan kenobi after absolutely destroying two jedi in a fight one jedi in a fight two he pretty much killed obi-wan until he started playing with his prey dang that's the yeah, one thing speaking of darth maul though why did this art kind of make him right like he was kind of Darth Maul, I think, was a really compelling, like, villain for this arc, quote-unquote, because he had, like, the right, the right, uh, motivation and the right goal, but mm -hmm. just, like, and you can't even really argue that he was, I mean, yes, he was going about it the wrong way, but at the same time, though, it's like, he kinda had the right, I, like, plan, right? Yeah. Like, Trying yeah, to save Anakin is the wrong thing to do when you look at what happens in the future, you know? Like, just, Maul, Maul was right, 2020, and that's my hot take. <laughs> oh, but that's one of those tough situations, though, where it's like, I want to say that Maul was right, but then again, he was a good guy, and, like, from Ahsoka's perspective, he always was. Yeah, which and... is why it's tough, because it's like, speaking pragmatically, we shouldn't be rooting for Ahsoka, you know? But it's like, at the same sure. time, we are.
we have to. I don't know. What did uh, uh what did you guys, Casey and Hallie, think about this? Did about mall. About mall. Hallie, do you want to take it? Uh, <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? not <laughs> I have thoughts. Tra- ask Translation, <laughs> Hallie, please take that. I, I the opposite <laughs> the opposite of a pick me girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hallie hasn't talked. Oh, uh, think I mean we both I don't know. You guys have been taking we, over. Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been muted take it away <laughs> no i agree i agree with you guys i i he did make it seem like he he was right and you were like well this is where it gets kind of into the gray area ahsoka kind of meddles in so at that point you were like uh when she freed him from his little cage tomb thing you were like is she gonna team up with maul is this where this is gonna go you know those thoughts kind of crept into her mind but ahsoka's firm you kind of get to see the test of her character against Maul, like that which yeah. I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of of the whole fact that they were sort of begrudging allies? Do you think that that sort of hints to to Ahsoka at that point really beginning to shed her her Jedi image? I feel like ah, uh, I don't know, because I think the final point where she finally lets go of being a Jedi is when she throws her lightsabers down. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can see that definitely. How this was all like. The process of her finally doing that because you you kind of see oh yeah she's independent with the sisters and doing her thing but even with the events after you know in the book you kind of see that when she put her lightsabers down you know that was pivotal so yeah maul definitely helped her do that in this whole mandalore siege interesting and and that's what happened in the book is is basically what happened at the end of the show or were they different it it was like the show kept the same like things but they did it differently which i appreciate like ahsoka had to choose between maul and rex in a way she had to let go of maul and she still put her lightsabers down at the grave like that happened in the book um mm. spoiler alert she gets new lightsabers uh yeah so. from the inquisitor right yes yeah she like goes actually no in the book she goes and like oh yeah 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 yes 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 you're right james She's yeah. the coolest, man. How she I know. found an Inquisitor with no lightsabers. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I think what, what I thought was a really interesting line about the whole like letting go of the Jedi thing for Ahsoka was the fact that when she's talking to Yoda in that one scene, he's like, you did this not as a Jedi. And she's, she's, she says, not yet. She's like, no, not yet. Ooh. It's like, whoa, is this hinting at like a, yeah. you're going to come back around in the future thing? It was, that was just like, interesting to me that they would choose to have her say that i mean she was just in her rebellion phase you know yeah also super mad that they pulled a rise of skywalker thing with like the whole um there's something a character wants to tell another character but they never actually tell you what it is it made you know? sense, oh. it made sense though it made it always like it always makes sense but also just that trope has a really bad taste in my mouth from rise of skywalker so like yeah, she could I was have just... stopped Order 66. She literally could have stopped it if she just said, like, hey, you know, Maul, he, he had this weird dream. Yeah, or all just like, you know, tell Anakin, like, I hope he's doing okay, you know? Yeah. You need to talk. <laughs> uh, give him a hug me, you know? Yeah, text a tip, Therapy. right? Like, a really strong force hug around the neck, specifically, for an elongated period yeah, of time. Yeah, snap it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just wish that yeah, that got resolved. I wish that got resolved, you know? That's all I want. I agree. Uh... Casey, what do you think about the whole whole Maul Ahsoka situation? So I wasn't, I don't remember um, the whole 
mall arc i'm pretty sure that was in the space that i didn't watch but i loved me some paranoid like mall that was the most like entertaining thing like i love someone just like going through that solid internal conflict it's amazing um and i definitely there it's really good for ahsoka to have somewhat of like a foil where there's like even maul says that they're alike enough that they could be something great but for them to actually be together um in like a partnership whatever not together together james um all right uncalled for (laughs) (laughs) that either of them would have to sacrifice one of their like core values to like actually have that be a thing and it's very Mm -hmm. it gives me very kylo ren ray um where it's like join me but like then i'd have to sacrifice and compromise my character and (laughs) and it just gives me very that but it was way more um like intriguing even in the few episodes that i uh watched of it um but yeah also quick question about maul so he like goes and goes into space so are we to believe that he's just throughout the entire sequel thing like sequel movies and everything after the end of clone wars that he's just out there somewhere no so so he's in he makes an appearance in solo if you remember at the very end yeah Um, and he actually you should watch if you want to know what happens to maul you should watch rebels that's all i'll say i don't really watch (laughs) no just google it look up darth maul rebels clip yeah, that, oh, that's all you. Well, so the interesting thing about James's point that Asuka and and older men like to get together is is Maul has this tendency to try and, and, and tutor very young children. First, it was with Ahsoka, and then Ezra Bridger in Rebels. He he says he, he, so. Ezra, who is a, a a Padawan learner during Rebels, which happens after I don't know sometime around Episode Four, somewhere around there. Uh, Ezra meets Maul in, like, the Sith planet, and then Maul's like, call me old master, Ezra. And then Ezra's like, okay! And then they go through the entire episode trying to be buds, and then their minds get melded together at the very end of it, and that's, like, the entire conflict for the rest of the show. It's like, how are we gonna unmind meld? And I just think it's weird. I think James has secretly discovered the history of of Maul. Like a Harry Potter Voldemort thing? Like, they're just linked for the rest of the show? Yeah, they're linked. Because they tried to combine a Sith holocron with a Jedi holocron. Like, they pushed them together. That's cool, actually. Yeah, so Rebels gets sort of good, like, near the end. (laughs) Yeah, and I... Go ahead. Here, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think it's fitting for Maul to be Ahsoka's, like, villain, because he's, like dark side but not quite and she's light side but not quite you know oh, like they're yeah. they're both kind of the rejects of their respective orders there oh. you go dang look I at that him. dang look at that dang but we <laughs> i think jumping off of that point ahsoka and maul also have some really nice parallels because you're totally right they're they're almost their thing but not right and in rebels we get to see that ahsoka who was almost a Jedi but not, comes back and starts to lead the the rebellion, and she becomes a leading member in that whole entire fight. Jedi, without actually being a part of the Order. 
The same happens with Maul. Near the end of his story, he goes to Tatooine solely to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. So as the Sith do, he draws in all of his rage and passion and anger and makes that his primary focus. So both of them are drawing on their old teachings, but using them for their own benefit or or what their own goals are, right? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because I really do feel like Ahsoka and Maul, literary term incoming, might be foils of one another. Whoa. Whoa. You want to hear about foils? Go check out uh, Socratic Cinema video essay, The Subtle Genius Behind the Prowler. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Is that nearly at 500,000? It's like 480K, I think. That's insane. Thank you, I, everyone. That's insane. Crazy. That's so crazy. That one, That's something that we put out has got that much exposure. That's nuts. I will never understand it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. It, it's really funny, though. I talk to people about that. I'm like, or, or, or they ask me, oh, so, so you run that podcast, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 with my three friends. And, and they're like, oh, well, how popular are, are you guys? And I'm like, well, my friend James posted this this one video that got 490,000 views. And I'm expecting that to be a subtle flex. And then they tell me, oh, you know, my friend, you know, so-and-so got a, or had a TikTok that's at 2 million right now. Yeah, man, like, TikToks are changing the game. Socratic <laughs> talk. But I mean, yeah, no, I, mean, I totally cut this up into like 50 TikToks. They're minute long. <laughs> we got it. But it's but it's always funny when I when like so I've had friends of mine be like, oh, hey, I saw the video essay you made. And I was like, I never like, sent it to you. Like, as far as I know, they had no idea that we had a channel. But it's like, mm-hmm. dang. So this is really just getting recommended to people. But that's great that, you know, mm-hmm. enough about that. That's just for foils. Go learn what a foil is. Yeah. Also, very briefly, let us know if you want us to do any other video essays. We most certainly do not promise that we will do them, but yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting to get prompts. Uh, yeah. If we, up, if we end up having time over the summer or whenever, maybe we'll make one, and maybe your idea will become something that we analyze. Could be fun. Could be fun. I don't know. Could be fun. It's a little bit crunch time for us right now with um, AP testing and all that, We're a bunch of high schoolers, but... Um... We'll do our best to put out some pristine content for you guys. And I just want to point out that we're starting to run a little bit short on time, man. I feel like I could run this episode for hours and hours, but I think we're going to have to start wrapping it up here pretty soon. So maybe we give a final go around on our, let's say goodbye to Clone Wars, guys. (laughs) Oh, no, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do that. Like, what's your final message to the people who, who liked Clone Wars? Maybe even to yourself. Like, how do you feel after this is all done, you know? What Why don't you start emotions? us off, Charlie? Oh, I was gonna do ladies first, but sure, I'll go ahead. You uh, brought it up, man. I'll, yeah, no, I I, I got to do an example now. I'm, I'm I got to do the teacher's example. Uh, wow. I mean, Clone Wars has been a series that's that's been around for a whole whole lot of my life, right? And same with Star Wars. Like Star Wars has been so near and dear to my heart for so very long, but really not until recently, until the announcement of the new Clone Wars uh, season. Did I get back in and relive all that childhood nostalgia? Like, to prepare for the season, I binge-watched all of the episodes from the Clone Wars. And in doing so, I think I rediscovered, a, like, a really deep love for this series and its characters. And also the lessons it's taught me. Like, you can, you can really take a lot of the, the lessons that the characters in the show learn, like Obi-Wan or Anakin or Ahsoka... 
and and the morals that they would have at the beginning of each episode and and take that to heart and be like, oh, you know, this is teaching me a little something. You know, stories have this ability to to leave an impact on you and to and to make you a a better person. And watching through through this entire Clone Wars show has shown me that the creators of it really do care. And they really do have a deep, undying passion for the series that that they make. So in seeing these final four episodes and seeing the final season in all, I'll I'll say this. Every episode gave me a different thing and made me remember Clone Wars in a different way. And I think the final four episodes of this arc are perhaps my favorite moments of Star Wars ever. And I mean that, and I sincerely mean that, more than the prequels, more than the originals, more than the sequels, more than anything. Because they connected to me. And they made me feel like I was in Star Wars, and they made me relive all of that joy and wonder and excitement. And I couldn't have asked for anything better. So, although it is very, very sad to say goodbye, I had a hell of a time watching. That was beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now we'll go to the ladies. Uh, <laughs> Hallie, what did you think? Man, to agree with a lot of the things you said, Charlie. I mean... You know, Star Wars, you know, whether it's the originals or the sequels or the prequels, it encompasses such like a a large message to all of us, like individually about like hope and uh, so many things. So I think Clone Wars really gave me hope, not only for the, the story of Star Wars, but like for storytelling as a whole, you know, the fresh new perspectives we can all like bring to such a very complex and like layered universe that you think, gosh, this is only something that can happen once you know, you've got Star Wars, it's it's over with, right? Everything else is just extra. But no, you get to see all these new people start to collaborate and create new things and bring new ideas and stories and, you know, give us new perspectives, I think, in, in storytelling and, you know, media. So I think this really connected to me on that level. And I'm, I don't know, it just makes me really excited for the future of, of what can happen. Maybe everything else that will come out will suck, but at least we'll have this, you know? This is just evidence of, you know, something that's all, I think, affected us equally, you know? Um, so, yeah. Really powerful. Amazing. Very Absolutely well beautiful. Uh, Casey, what did you think? Um, I would agree with Hallie, just to piggyback off of how, like, all-encompassing Star Wars is um, for all of us uh, in this group. Like, it's with Clone Wars and which and with the prequels and the originals and the sequel series like this has been going on for like all of our lives and just for them to be able to do something like Clone Wars to the quality and the depth that they were able to do it is amazing. This should Clone Wars should honestly just be like the blueprint for any type of spinoff series. Like if you're not going to do it to Clone Wars standards, then like maybe pump the brakes a little bit because this is just um completely uh like on another plane. Like when it first came out, I don't think a lot of shows were doing what Clone Wars was doing. Like it didn't have um as like it had a huge uh cultural impact and I have to give it props, props for that. And just to wrap it up the way that it did like completely, you know, putting it in a little package with a bow and being like aloof and super direct when it needs to be and 
putting in like little nuances and things that like the story that say that the story is over question mark but it's always going to like live on through whatever they decide to do next and as Hallie said if it's bad <laughs> at least we have this things that are untouchable of course of course and, and James to wrap it all up oh man um when I was younger I was I don't even I'm I'm embarrassed of how into Star Wars I was dude I I wouldn't want to hang out with me when I was little because I swear my brothers and I just every single piece of star wars media that came out we like internalized it as part of our dna man we could tell you what planet some random background character in the cantina was from and and i just i loved it like sincerely so much and it was such a big part of my uh early childhood and i have so many good memories of it especially of clone wars i like i'd hang out with my friends and we would just you know, lightsaber fights and taught and watch Clone Wars and talk about our favorite characters and, and reenact scenes. Um, and I kind of fell out of that for a while. I kind of left the Star Wars phase behind for a, a good long time. Even like when the sequels were coming out, I was like into Star Wars, but I wasn't like into it. You know, I was watching the movies cause I liked, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, I like Star Wars. I'll watch the movies. But, um, when this final season of Clone Wars came out, I just, over the past few months watching it, it kind of brought me back into that phase of how I of how I used to be and just how much uh, media can really make you enjoy yourself. Like, it, it unlocked, it, it reintroduced me to that kind of feeling like I was, I'm younger again and I am just enjoying things unashamed un unashamed shamedly i don't know you know just uh yeah just that pure that pure joy again that i haven't really felt in a while towards towards something um and i'm really thankful for that that they that that clone wars kind of brought me back a little bit of my childlike wonder as we love to say so much on this show um and I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful to the showrunners for putting on such an amazing finale. And, and I hope they'll continue to make more Star Wars content in the future because these guys know how to do it. Dave, I'm, you know, Dave Filoni, like, he's the man. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm just, I, I'm excited to see the future of Star Wars going forward after this. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it now, you know? So, oh, yeah. I, so, yeah. It's a bright future ahead for everyone. And, and just to to briefly elaborate on the point that you made there, James, to the showrunners, to all the people that touched this show, to all the people who who thought about any ideas that made it in, and, and even to the fans and people that just love Star Wars' franchise, no matter what position you take on the movies or shows or or whatever, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for all the ways that you've shaped us as people for all the ways that that you've told us how to how to live and given us inspiration and hope and a sense of childhood wonder that is so rare to come by uh, as we get older and thank you most of all for just telling stories and for keeping that part of our lives something that we can look back on with fond memories and reminisce and share with our children and our children's children and forever and always we will have this series and the mark that everyone left on it is indelible so thank you but uh, a little bit nostalgic 
ending to a Socratic Cinema episode. Uh, yeah. We're very interested to hear all of your thoughts on Star Wars and your goodbye to Clone Wars, obviously. So if you've made it this far, number one, thank you. And number two, please leave a comment down below on what your final message to Star Wars is, and specifically Clone Wars. What did it make you feel? How were you changed by it? Do you think that the final the final four episodes really brought together an entire an entire childhood's worth of storytelling? Uh, if you want to see more of us, you can find us at Socratic underscore Cinema uh, for Instagram. We have a Twitter handle. Uh, uh, what's our Twitter handle again? I forgot what it was. Just Socratic Cinema. Wait, or isn't it? I oh, thought it was yeah, Cinema Socratic. I think. So yeah, if it's backwards, Cinema Socratic. Cinema Socratic. We post way more on Instagram though, and you'll get updates for when all of our videos come out. So you don't need to do the weird notification thingy on YouTube. We know that's hard. Please subscribe if you liked our content. Uh, we post every other week. Let's uh, sign uh, sign us off. So this has been uh, another episode of Socratic Cinema. Thank you for listening and. Uh, Adios. 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 <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>